1: You have accessed Entry 029.RV0615, Certificate Number 46673, Albanian Bunkers.
0: So I've been wanting to talk about the Balkans since we started doing the show. This whole
1: show is just a long con. It's a charade for you to eventually start talking about the Balkans.
0: The reason that I wanted to use the term omnibus is that it just subtly suggests ottoman bus, (laughs) and that would allow me to talk about this area, the Balkans, an area of of particular uh, fascination to me for my whole adult life.
1: So for now on, every entry in the omnibus is going to be related to... The Balkan Peninsula?
0: Everyone from my side, you can continue to do theoretical math and like weird medical oddities. Weird non Balkan. (laughs) <laughs> Corners of human knowledge, but I'll just be over here talking about the all the fascinating history of the Balkans. This is going
1: to make it a lot easier for future listeners who will now only have to listen to every other show.
0: Oh, right, and then uh, and then you'll be forgotten. They can no, as I become the leader of a future world of like sentient Bulgarians.
1: If Thursday still exists in the future, yeah. algae mats—you can spend all day <laughs> photosynthesizing or whatever it is
0: you do. You've, you've got some time now. I didn't mean to just imply that Bulgarians weren't already sentient. <laughs> uh, Someday,
1: science may actually achieve <laughs> Bulgarians that are aware of themselves and their surroundings. Yeah, right. It's very exciting. Right. It's very exciting for
0: Bulgaria. I've always felt that the Bulgarian people were going to take over the world, and I feel like they used to think that. I don't know if they think that anymore.
1: Do you feel like they're gradually doing it? Like, are they on pace? Because we're t- we're talking to thousands of years hence. So, are they gr- are they
0: like, what's their time frame? No, my sense is that they suffered a considerable setback in the 90s, and now they're regaining some ground. I see. It's, going it's, to be it's a, a rebuilding year in Bulgaria. That's right. A rebuilding decade. <laughs> uh, so when you hear the term the Balkans, what do you think of? Uh, I
1: guess Balkanization, mm-hmm. like a ton of weird new countries. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Like, I'm kind of a geography nerd, but when I talk to other... You know, the kind of map heads my age like we're super good on like the capitals of you know weird pacific islands and little corners of africa because they are places that existed when we were kids in the in the 80s right however everything after the berlin wall fell like all these new kind of quasi countries that we kind of still think of as fake mm-hmm. um do you, know, you, do all, you guys... all the former yugoslavia like Do you refer to Rhodesia still at your map head uh, parties? I feel like that's kind of a racist map head thing to do. (laughs) It is, yeah. Like someday we're going to get Rhodesia back from Mugabe. Like I have a bunch of like-minded mercenaries that are poised at the border. Yeah, a bunch of people with big scars
0: across their faces.
1: (laughs) We're all reading Soldier of Fortune patiently waiting for Mugabe to die.
0: Cleaning your rifles.
1: No, we don't say Rhodesia. But I do kind of think of all these new former Yugoslavia countries as a little bit dubious. Especially when I look at their flags, many of which look made up, like a sixth grade class tried to come up with its own flag.
0: Well, but the term balkanization and the concept of balkanization predates the fall of the communist world. That was not uh, the the first
1: balkanization in the Balkans.
0: No, the balkanization has been a sort of a feature of European political thinking and problems since, um, well, since time immemorial.
1: So there's always just been a churn of of kind of... uh, made up warring ethno states down there.
0: Well, and I mean all the way back to the Romans. I mean, if you think about um, if you think about their territories of Dacia and um, oh, I am Dalmatia. Thinking, I am
1: thinking about their territories of Dacia <laughs> and Dalmatia. Yeah,
0: um, like Trajan's Column in Rome is a uh, a memorial to the subjugation of That celebrates butt kicking in Dacia. Yeah, right? that's right. So it's always been an area of contention and- um, What about balkanized rubber? How does uh, this relate to that? Oh, no, you're thinking, you're thinking of uh, volcano rubber. No, you're, <laughs> think, you're thinking of Romulan rubber. <laughs> it's rubber that has a cloaking device. <laughs> so the nations, I guess what we would describe as the nations of- the a, Balkan B- Peninsula. Balkania, the future supercontinent of Balkania. <laughs> Balkania. Which is run by the Bulgarians. Over time, you know, they've changed. We've already talked about Moldova and Moldavia, which are technically in the Balkan Peninsula.
1: You were kind of slipping some Balkan content in
0: there I early. I was trying. I was trying. Nice. Uh, but uh, the other nations of the Balkans are Romania, obviously a large nation there that uh, that was partly carved out of what had been Hungary, which also kind of thinks of itself as like Balkan adjacent. Really? Uh, because they because the Hungarian Empire controlled so much territory in the Balkans, although Hungary now probably doesn't think of itself as Balkan, they have Balkan interests.
1: Sure, the Balkans were being run out of uh, Austria and Hungary right. for a long time.
0: Well, or, you know, th- uh, this was the area that uh, the Austro-Hungarian Empire was always contending with the Ottoman Empire over. And a lot of this peninsula was controlled by the Ottomans for many years. But it was, you know, this was their, this was the battleground.
1: So if you were in the Balkans, your nearest branch office might be Vienna or it might be Constantinople. It's absolutely... It's that's, not going to be someplace local where you go for your, uh, to pick up your forms or Right, whatever.
0: you're not going to get your passport issued in uh, Pristina. <laughs> um. Pristina, capital of a made-up country <laughs> right to, to me.
1: <laughs> no country that existed, that came into existence after 1989 has any legitimacy to me.
0: I know that feeling, and a lot of the energy that drove the, the wars in Yugoslavia, um, that energy has been pent up for hundreds and hundreds of years. I mean, this, well, thousands of years. Well, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of years. Hundreds let's of say, thousands. Let's say millions of years. <laughs> <laughs> the the Balkans have been in contention. And and there are a lot of reasons why. This is the crossroads of where you know, where Asia pours into Europe. We we think of it as happening there at the Bosphorus, but you have to go through this this country to to really make the whole transit. And so you have an admixture of all the peoples that that occupy all sides of this uh, you know, Europe, Asia. It's an admixture and Africa. It is.
1: What's it, what? What to you is the difference between a mixture and an admixture?
0: Uh, I think an admixture is a funner way to say mixture, because
1: <laughs> like an adverb modifies a verb.
0: Right. So does that mean an admixture is
1: like a mixture of of the of mixtures? An admixture is simply a mixture. Oh. Although I, I kind of see where you're coming from. now. Yeah.
0: Although it's a mixture of like maybe a main agree- ingredient with a lesser ingredient, but that's true of almost every mixture. Well, I'm
1: interested now in which of the ethnic groups of the, of the Balkans you believe is the lesser ingredient. <laughs> 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 which of the religious groups?
0: I don't want uh, to, it would be impossible unless we were truly doing a podcast about exclusively the Balkans. I could not describe the whole history of the region. Well, you can every Thursday from now on. That's right. I'm going to try, I'm going to try and slip this in. This will be our new Hitler reference. And there was the Hitler reference for this show. Probably not the last. Okay,
1: so when you say admixture from now on, I'm just going to hear mixture. You
0: can, okay. yeah. I mean, admixture is the way fancy people talk. I have an ad blocker now.
1: So I, <laughs> <laughs> you just
0: block the ad right off the front of I my don't mixture. see or hear ads <laughs> of any kind anymore. Well, you'll get the sense of what I mean by admixture when I describe. If I allow you to finish this sentence. That's right. That you started like four minutes ago. <laughs> when I describe the fact that this is a crossroads, that I, the, the, the peninsula has... Orthodox Christians, and this is large populations, right? Of Orthodox Christians, of Latin Christians, and of Muslims. The It's the, the only territory of Europe that has a very large Muslim population. There are like majority
1: Muslim countries in the Balkans in our era.
0: There are. Um, this is an area where there are a lot of Slavic people. The Slavs, which we think of as being sort of Russian, Ukrainian, uh, Northern European, there is a a separate family of Slavs that occupied the Balkans, like Serbs and, and Bulgarians. This is the furthest south that the Slavs
1: got. And they're described this as- This is the, the end of the slav invasion. They're the South Slavs, yeah. right? I uh, do have an issue in Crosswords where I never know if it's gonna be Slav or Serb.
0: Oh yeah. in, in, in the four letters. Cuz they'll spot. give you kind of the same hint, right? Yeah, it'll
1: be like someone from Belgrade and you'll right. be like, I don't, oh, I don't know. Which one is it? Bite me, Will Shorts.
0: But there are also mygars who are the Hungarian people. There are the Romanian people think of themselves as Latin. Right, because their language and probably culture
1: derives from the Romance languages.
0: It does, but they're also, you know, ethnically separate from Slavs. They're not Slavic. They have bullfighting and gazpacho. They don't, they don't (laughs) as much, but uh, a lot of people. What if they have
1: bullfighting, but with some
0: Slavic animal? Yeah, it's like some kind of,
1: it's called boar fighting. Some type of goat or boar, right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then, then of course, Greece is a major component of this peninsula too. And the Greeks are, of course, you know, their own, their own culture and their own ethnicity. Inventing democracy and they, togas and whatnot. That's right. That's right. They walk around with laurels on their head for just about, I mean, you can get a laurel down there for doing almost anything. They claim to have invented pizza, which kind of bothers me. You know. Because if
1: you ask about it, it'll be like, yeah, we had this bread and it was kind of flat and we put olive oil on it. And, uh, and I'm thinking,
0: that's not exactly pizza. As we all know, pizza was invented in Chicago. I was gonna say New York. Yeah, well that's what New Yorkers would have you believe. But really the true pizza is deep dish Chicago style. I love this
1: non-controversial (laughs) opinion that we know will be broadly accepted in the future when everyone only eats deep dish pad pizza. That's right.
0: That's right. In the future, a deep dish pizza will seem like a flatbread pizza because they'll because everything will be in four dimensions. Right. So this three dimensional pizza will seem like a two-dimensional
1: pizza. I don't think the algae mats will eat deep dish pizza because it'll remind them too much of a family member. You know, when you think about an algae mat, what is it but it's just a Chicago pizza that can photosynthesize?
0: Well, true, but the algae mats aren't necessarily the only life form that might be listening to this <laughs> they podcast. Might be, they might be an ingredient? This is we're <laughs> speaking to pizza ingredients <laughs> right now. <laughs> this is the thing about the future. We have no idea. Like right now, if cows could also listen to podcasts. What an untapped market. Right? Then humans would be listening to them and cows would be listening to them, but humans would be eating cows still. So it would be like Can you imagine milking a cow and you've both got your earbuds in? You're both, and you're talking and, about the
1: podcast. And you take it out and you're like, <laughs> the dollop, right?
0: <laughs> um, so, oh, and then also the Turkic people. Do you, right? know, do you know what a cow's favorite, <laughs> oh a, my cow's,
1: God. a cow's favorite How Stuff Works podcast is? Which one? It's a movie crush. That's a sweet reference. To, to
0: movie crush. Yeah. No, it's a reference to movie crush. That's, uh, that's one of the jokes. That, that's the reason that you get the award for funniest guy on the podcast. Are you going to ring movie the... Movie crush. No, I'm not going to ring the bell. That's like I'm a, just fingering That's like bell. a
1: joke your first grader tells you because they you know read it off a of popsicle <laughs> wrapper.
0: My daughter has started saying, "Do you want to hear a Garfield joke?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And then she tries to recall a <laughs> yeah. Garfield strip that she's read and like walks me through it. The
1: good thing is there's not a lot of blocking in
0: Garfield. <laughs> you know,
1: you don't have to be like, "And then"
0: But she does set it up. She's like, "Garfield is sitting on a chair." Sitting in frame, right. Yeah, Garfield is laying on the grass. John enters stage left. That's panel right. left.
1: OD our arrives. left
0: panel, right. OD's tongue is out. I'm like, I'm with you, I'm <laughs> with you. Keep going. Exoned, pursued by <laughs> Nirmal. But so this area, and the, and the Balkans also, it should be noted, are incredibly mountainous. Uh, and the mountains are divided among all of these countries. Every country has a mountainous region. Good for them. And there's also the Danube River, which is one of the major rivers of Europe. You know, a navigable river for much of its length. And it also is only it's separated by a pretty narrow sea from Italy, which has a a long history of meddling in
1: the region. Seafaring peoples of Venice and whatnot right. uh, getting into mischief in the
0: Balkans. Greece, not far from Egypt. there's also a lot of Egyptian influence throughout time. So you can see why this, why we say Balkanized or, the balkanization of something to mean a kind of crazy division of it that is contentious.
1: They're close to pretty much every nation that was a superpower for thousands of years, right. but never managed to get one of their own. Sorry, and, Bulgaria.
0: And also being handed back and forth, occupied, et cetera, et cetera. And in the 20th century, there was probably the longest period of a stable Balkan peninsula. The Balkans are the place where World War One arguably started with the assassination of Franz Ferdinand. The band. The, by the assassination of the band Franz Ferdinand, people said, look, pick a time signature. You start a time signature, finish it out. Don't move don't don't move it around halfway through. It's too confusing to me. R.I.P. Franz Ferdinand. Um so uh so you're talking about the stability of the Balkans the, in the stability 20th of the Balkans, and at the beginning of the 20, 20th century, uh, the Balkans were still I mean the, there was still an Ottoman Empire, it was still at uh, you know at loggerheads with the austro-Hungarian Empire on the way out, but it's easy to say that in hindsight but it was in, it was clearly in decline and so much in decline that the Balkan states during that period sort of banded together in, a, in an uncomfortable alliance with one another and actually, without Austro-Hungarian help, waged an independent war of independence. It was, the war was independent and it was also a war of independence against the Ottomans. They were operating independently of superpowers, of major powers. I see. It's a homegrown, it's a it's a
1: little crowdfunded right. rebellion against the, the Khan or the Shah or whatever they had, whatever the Ottomans had.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't like a revolution. They, these countries, the, the Ottomans had such a shaky grasp of power that these countries were able to sort of self-identify Just as nations. Hunker down in the mountains and hope they were left alone. And they drove the Ottomans out. So like they drove the Ottomans out but it was not a Hungarian or Austrian effort so there wasn't like this influx of hmm. of an occupying army although the Austrians thought of this as their sphere of influence and this is why this is kind of the powder keg that because the global powers right prior to World War 1 were all very fascinated and interested in what was going to happen here and the Russians because of the Slavs of of the Balkans, the Russians felt that this was a sphere of their influence and they had traditionally, you know, they're, they have the border of the Black Sea with some of these countries and they had traditionally felt like they were a power here. And you had the Greeks and you had the Italians who believed that the whole Dalmatian coast was their sphere of influence. I mean, there's, there are reasons why World War I started in this location. So during World War I, it was also kind of the beginning of of an awareness of socialism globally. This was the period when the Russian Revolution happened and socialism as a theory was beginning to be put in practice in people's imaginations and then ultimately in the Soviet Union, uh, the formation of which happened there at the end of the war. It was like your college freshman year, but all over the world. People
1: were kind of dabbling in socialism for the first time. Right, what's going marks. to happen here?
0: And can we pull this off kind of thing? Spoilers,
1: uh, they did not. They did not.
0: Although, you know. Short term, it looked okay. Yeah, and you know, who knows? You know, maybe there will be a socialist government here in the United States in the next couple of years when Bernard Sanders runs again. Fingers crossed for what happened in the Balkans. Well, in the Balkans, during the period between the wars, between World War One and World War Two, there was a lot of confusion about how these nations were going to be governed, what the nations were going to be. And an area there on the Dalmatian coast along the Adriatic Sea, the nations that uh, face the Adriatic Sea are, I mean, Italy obviously has one, one side of it. And then along the other side, you have Slovenia, you have Croatia, you have Bosnia and Herzegovina, you have Montenegro, you have Albania and Greece. Bosnia's got just 12 miles of it. Croatia kind of
1: uh, Adriatic blocked it out.
0: Yeah, Croatia is, a, is an interesting, you know, it's sort of like a, uh, like a horseshoe-shaped country, and they really managed to get all of that coast. We just want the beaches, basically. <laughs> um, and all of those countries represent what the people there think of as not just a nationality, but of a people and they're very they're they're different ethnically and religiously from one another they're, like i say there are latin christians there are orthodox christians there are muslims and this is part of what what sparked those disastrous wars of the 90s but during this period there was a lot of question like are we are we going to become republics are we going to be kingdoms how are we going to face this new kind of independence because these nations became independent in, as a result of this battle with the, the Ottoman Wars of, of the era pre-World War I. Mm-hmm. So after World War I, they were all now sort of left to their own devices. It's kind of a vacuum. And the nation of Albania, which is what we're here to talk about today. How many minutes in did we first mention Albania? Uh, let's see. Albania came in at 24 minutes.
1: Nice. So we can just start
0: right here. <laughs> here. You have access. <laughs>
2: get 2 pounds of ground beef and 2 packs of bacon absolutely free plus $20 off your first box when you visit butcherbox.com/iheart or use the promo code iheart at checkout that's butcherbox.com/iheart or use the promo code iheart at checkout
0: the nation of albania was to the in the southern part of what what you think of as this adriatic or dalmatian coast it's so, the the last country before Greece. It kind of borders, yeah. It's kind of it looks kind of carved out of Greece on its southern border. Um it was an area that was that was very poor, uh, undeveloped, it was not industrialized. It was majority Muslim and the Albanian people were kind of spread throughout the region. Kind of like we saw in, after World War 1 when the great powers went about dividing up and putting, like, weird straight borders all through the Middle East and so forth, you know. Just to spite the Kurds or whatever. Yeah, just carving up countries based on absolutely no demographic information.
1: And it's the same thing we saw in the Balkans in the 90s where some village would be, you know, 40% Serbian and 30% Muslim and 20% something else, and then... You just had to draw a line through it. Yeah, and then people would just either fight or leave or both.
0: Uh, Fight then leave. The ethnic Albanians occupied a pretty wide swath. I mean, what we think of as Kosovo, or what, I'm sorry, what is Kosovo, (laughs) what they think of as also as Kosovo. It really doesn't matter what we think of as Kosovo. uh, What everyone thinks of as Kosovo, I mean, uh, uh, part of their big problem with, with Serbia was that they there is a large ethnic Albanian population there. Kosovo is majority Albanian.
1: You're blaming the Albanians basically for this whole war.
0: Well, the Albanians are, uh, they're very interesting people because they're European people, but Muslim. They're the only majority Muslim country in Europe. And that was true even, even then. and, Albania has it. it, It's situated in a pretty strategic region. It's only seventy miles from the boot of Italy. All right, this
1: is where Italy kind of comes over, and the Adriatic meets the Ionian Sea. It's the narrowest, the narrowest connection.
0: So, extremely close to Italy, and very influenced by Italian politics. So, Albania decided. What's Albanian pizza like? Albanian pizza is 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 deli. No, it's not deep dish. It's delicious. It's made on a pita. No no pork sausage, no, I, don't I would believe, assume. I don't believe that's true. Actually, it's made on a tomato. There's no bread at all. They just slice tomatoes. They lay them out. They put pepperoni on it. And that's what they call pizza. This is why Marxism failed. Please do not at me. If you are a Bulgarian pizza parlor owner, please write to Ken Jennings at gmail.com.
1: I have a filter for, for Balkan pizzaristas. <laughs> pizzeristas. 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 I go into Albanian pizzerias and I was like, why is there only Albanians up on your wall of fame, Sal? Why are these all Albanians? Why is it just John Belushi and uh, Mother Teresa? Mookie, what's the matter with you? (laughs) It's just John Belushi and Mother Teresa over and over. I I can't think of any other Albanians. Maybe you can tell me about some other Albanians. I'll tell you about
0: some Albanians. Perfect. Uh, For instance, King Zog, King Zog, King Zog. Okay,
1: it's John Belushi, Mother Teresa at King Zog. <laughs> king Zog seems like a the um, the big boss at the end of a Mario game or something, right? King we Zog. did it. We got to King
0: Zog's castle. King Zog sounds like something you would hear about on The Simpsons, right? King <laughs> King Zog. I mean, he does. He seems like, or or maybe like a like a Marvel bad guy. Yeah, yeah
1: Lat- Latveria. Yeah, King of Latveria. Uh,
0: king Zog was a. Uh, king during this period between the wars um where he had, he was sort of an aristocrat although not a royal by any means who was just elevated to the throne of albania a throne, he was never actually crowned. He was just sort of just de- elevated, he was just declared <laughs> in, in Albania. You could just, if you climb up on something <laughs> tall enough, you're the king. <laughs>
1: oh, look, Zog's on a stepladder. Oh, no, no, he, he beat us to the top of the think, ladder. Why didn't we think of that?
0: He wasn't really recognized by, uh, by the other families of Europe because he didn't come from what they consider to be like a royal lineage. I think the name Zog is a problem. He should be off
1: fighting Buzz Lightyear somewhere. He should not be on a European throne. Nobody's going to intermarry with the
0: Zogs. In fact, uh, in Muslim tradition, his name should have been King Ahmet. Oh, see? But he changed it to Zog because he wanted to be accepted by the pass. European powers. <laughs> he's like, this is a, what's a
1: common, he's like got yeah. Scrabble tiles. Like what's a combination of letters that doesn't sound too Arabic, doesn't sound too Germanic.
0: Hey. Hey, Zog. Zog. Yeah, he could have picked something else. He could have said Hohenzollern, but I think that name was already I
1: almost taken. think he should have leaned into kind of the uh, exotic, you know, King uh, Emperor the I of Albania. How, well, how I, badass would I'm that be? I'm not sure that
0: anything's more badass than King Zog. That <laughs> <It> just <laughs> sounds incredible. That's like, that's, that's who Superman was running from. (laughs) Neil Uh, the Zog, But King Zog's reign didn't really uh, last that long. And it was a result of the fact that Albania had become very close to Italy. Very, very aligned with Mussolini. Mussolini was helping Mm -hmm. develop the country. Um, Italy was a major customer of Albanian exports, agricultural exports.
1: And so Zog is kind of, uh, he's on board with the fascism or he's, he's not into it.
0: He is. He's, he feels like, I mean, he was not a completely illiberal King, but he was not, I mean, he was a King. He wasn't like a, he wasn't. He wants the Sanders.
1: He wants the board drawn carriages to run on time or whatever they have in Albania.
0: Um, and uh, Mussolini and he were so close that at a certain point, uh, at, oh, and the Italians were helping, they were advising his military. They were, uh, Italian advisors were throughout the country, at sort of cer- like American advisors in Vietnam Chile or whatever. Yeah, in 1962.
1: And at a certain point, is
0: something sexy about to happen? Yes, yeah, something sexy really ha- is about to happen. Between which Zag is, and Benito? Which is that uh, the Italians just invaded Albania. Oh. Um, this was. A I thought peri- there was going to be some passion at night at a villa overlooking the Adriatic. No, well, there might, it might have happened, but it's not in the historical record, or at least not the historical record that I have access to. Um, so Italy invades. So Italy invades, and this is during a period when Mussolini is trying to uh, flex Italy's muscles. Right, they invade. They invade Ethiopia. Ethiopia. I like how they're
1: just like cherry picking. Like who's the like it's like looking around the <laughs> playground, some nerdy kid
0: trying to find someone smaller than him he can beat up. Because it was one of the main tenets of fascism. I mean, fascism is intrinsically a militarist culture, and if you're a if you're going to be a militarist culture, you're going to. You need to invade, and, and, and if
1: you're anemic 1930s Italy, you're like, hmm, hmm. Al- who do I pick? Uh, Ethiopia, I pick? maybe Ethiopia. I don't
0: want to mess with Serbia. Albania looks pretty solid. That's right, and they and already our advisors are already running their military, so it'll be a it'll be <laughs> well, easy. Here's some
1: advice uh, from our advisors: if if our tanks appear, surrender.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, you know what? Here's the deal: we're just going to change the flag on your uniforms to Italian flag. How do you like that? It's a winning move. Uh then World War II erupts, and during the war, for the first part of the war, Albania is an Italian vassal state. And then when Italy surrendered to the Allies, uh, Albania became a Nazi occupied state. Mm. The Germans maintained a population there, and it's part of the reason that I mean, really the Nazis were overcommitted during this war. They're they're back here still fighting partisans in Albania.
1: Are you saying Albania is the difference? If not for the brave Albanians holding out in the hills, uh, we could be living in Nazi America today.
0: What's funny is the Albanians did think so, or at least they told that story to themselves. <laughs> Certainly hard to prove otherwise. But uh, the Albanians. I, I, is, is
1: Zog still king? Is he a puppet king of Mussolini and then Hitler? And
0: Zog was king until 1939. Mm-hmm and then after that it was just an it was like an italian occupied territory series of guys in monocles coming in but there is within the balkans a kind of i mean these are mountain people like a lot of a lot of the serbs and the croats and the montenegrins and the herzegovinians and the albanians like they're a very mountainous culture. What, what, what does that mean? They they own snowshoes and they eat melted cheese? No, but they do have like redoubts, right? It's hard ah. to invade a mountainous area. This is why you have in northern Spain, you have the, the Basques, the Basques, who have an extremely difficult country to capture because it's just mountains right up to the water. And so not only were the Basques able to sit up there and and defend themselves against the Spanish and everyone else. They maintained a like a completely inexplicable language. They 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 kept that much isolation.
1: There's a reason Mussolini was not like. And the Basques, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll flex some fascist muscle over there.
0: Well, I and mean, I mean, even Franco was like, "Well, let's turn our attention <laughs> to ourselves, right? Let's turn our attention to the flatlands around Barcelona, um, which also those aren't." Catalan uh, is also not flat. They've got mountains too. Yeah, they do. So during World War II, there arose within the Balkan Peninsula a very strong partisan movement, and the partisans were were locally grown and were influenced by international socialism. And this was true, you know, in a lot of places in the world. This was true in China, right? I mean, the argument between nationalism and communism was a big part of what was fueling the conflicts of the mid 20th century with the United States and their, you know, democratic capitalism flag, uh, hopefully, you know, as a, as a counterpoint to this fascist, uh, socialist We've struggle. got Coke and Sinatra. That's right. Hey you guys, jazz music. Uh, and so in, what became Yugoslavia, uh, a very charismatic partisan leader by the name of Tito. Tito. Um, and Albania had their own- They had their own mini Tito? Their own locally grown- <laughs> Which uh, which Jackson 5 leader. member was it? Was his, it Marlon? Was yeah, it Randy? His name was Enver Hosha. 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 And in in Albania, the, the uh, letter X is used quite a bit in names. There are a lot of- Turkic names, there are a lot of, uh, Italian names. Hosha is spelled H-O-X-H-A. And
1: yeah. Um, uh, Mother Teresa's name has a ton of X-H's in it. Her, How, her real name. Not, what is her real name? I don't know. It's, it's whatever the, um, Albanian Agnes is like Agnese, but then it's like Gonche Bojaju. Gonche Bojaju. Gonche Bojaju to you as well, John,
0: and to yeah, your family. Yeah. Bless you. Uh, <laughs> Tito's name was actually Josip Braz. So, oh, uh, so Tito's like a. What's with Stalin and all these, is his last name actually Tito? No, right? No, Tito was a, was. His a, favorite snack chip. A name that he, a name that he adopted all as guys, part of his kingdom. All these kingdom. guys were
1: basically like rappers or superheroes. Like they were like, Stalin, I'll be steel man, you know?
0: Yeah. Tito was little Tito at first. And then he was, <laughs> then he was big dollar Tito. And so young Hosha
1: became uh-huh. Hosha. But uh-huh. Hosha is actually his name. Hosha did not take on a superhero name?
0: Uh Enver Hosha is actually his name.
1: That's why that, that's why this didn't work, actually. That's why Albania did not take
0: over the Balkans.
1: Well, but he it, could have choo- chosen a cool he could have been Doctor Doom or whatever. But
0: Hosha did take over Albania and quite successfully. After the war, both these men, Tito and Hosha, were um had a viable call or a viable uh, story that they were the the leaders of the resistance. Kept the Nazis uh, at bay. And crucially to their story, they are some of the only countries in, in the East that had a homegrown resistance to the Nazis. And even though the Nazis were being soundly beaten by the Russians... Um, They weren't, the Russians never actually swept through Albania and Yugoslavia, pushing the Nazis out as they did Poland and Hungary and Ukraine, That is important
1: because otherwise there would have been a huge Russian invading army there, just like there was in Poland and Ukraine and Hungary.
0: That's right. So after the war, as the Russians were consolidating their sort of communist hold over all of Eastern Europe, it was much more difficult for them to make that same claim over Yugoslavia and Albania. And although Tito and Hosha were both forming Marxist governments, Marxist-Leninist governments, and Hosha was a big fan of Stalin, like a a major admirer of his, he's the steel man. (laughs) He's got a crush. He's got a little crush. Uh, They also formed a kind of independent... Block there, not entirely in the, the Soviet influence and difficult to access still and still sort of oriented, not entirely on to the West, as we say, when we're using great English, uh, great grammar, they were oriented, not entirely <laughs> unto to the West. They were Occidented, more, more to the point. And And they also were Muslim, which was a different, or there were, I'm sorry, there were a lot of Muslims also within the territory. Well, that's tricky because atheism is often
1: an element of Marxist-Leninist revolution.
0: It is, but culturally they were in touch with factions from other worlds other than being f- completely oriented toward Central Europe or toward Russia. I propose that we call Stalin's government the Soviets and we call these guys the Soviets because These of, are the Solviets. they've
1: got the connection to Allah, to the West. That's right. You know, maybe they pray five
0: times a day. They've they, got soul, but they're not soldiers. <laughs> they were, in fact, soldiers. And they formed, uh, both both Tito and Hosha formed kind of cult of personality governments. Uh, but they were... And this is something that, you know, I think history is still arguing about, but Tito and Hosha were both modernizers. I mean, Hosha took Albania from being a completely agrarian and poor country. Sheep in the mountains kind of a place. Right, to a fully industrialized country with 98% literacy and roads and railroads throughout the country, and, and at least initially, uh, a, a powerful industrial base. You're, Tito, Tito you're, did the
1: same. You're really uh, kind of in the tank for this this Kim Il Sung of Europe
0: here. Well, the story takes a takes a wild turn. Oh, okay, um, but Tito actually pulled off a kind of miracle, which was that he kept Stalin at a distance and kept he kept Yugoslavia together, which in kept in our, this incredible this made up like, country, made up country of uh, of just a, a Polyglot and polyfaith, which they had named for their worst car. Well, they named the car after the country. Oh, but Yugoslavian means all the Slavs. Oh, is that where that comes from? Mm-hmm, together, and that, um, and so a Yugo car just means Alva, yeah, I guess drive, it means I'm together. Drive, I'm, gonna drive, I'm gonna drive my Alva, it's together Slavs, ah, Pan Slavia, but he, uh he oriented himself between the West and the East. So uh, Yugoslavia, I'm talking about Tito now, Yugoslavia was uh, the one country, the one communist country in Europe that had free travel with the rest of the world. He, he maintained friendly relations with, um, United States and with European countries.
1: Yeah, I remember in the eighties people would shoot low budget movies there. Because sure. it had all the it had all the cheap labor of a communist economy, but you could actually get the permits to, to send in a Western film crew or a business team or whatever. And it looked like Europe.
0: Right? <laughs> I mean it had European yeah. people on the streets and it was a European country. We, we
1: can't afford Copenhagen or Vienna.
0: But But guess what? Tito's uh Tito's into it. Ljubljana is gonna be the is gonna be the new spot. And that's a wonderful city. You know, a lot of these cities are truly uh, international, very cultural cities that the the uh I can't even pronounce Ljubljana, Ljubljana much, Ljubljana, much yeah. less visited. The uh it has a lot of L's and and, and J's. L J is the X H of uh of uh Slovenia. Or Slo- Slovenia. <laughs> Slovenia. <We're>, yeah. <laughs> uh but the the cultural crossroads of these places also you know makes a very, very vi- architecturally vibrant. Uh, there's a culinary vibrancy. There's a I mean, the people of the Balkans were very sophisticated in a way, although also very, um, I mean, I don't know if you've ever watched a war movie that takes place like Force 10 from Navarone or whatever, where mm-hmm. there's an awful lot of people with knives clenched in their teeth. There's a story that when a, when a baby is born in the mountains of this region, that the first thing they do is put a knife in its crib, just as like a way of saying, pick up the knife as soon as you can. Yikes. You're going to need this.
1: If the baby does not pick up the knife, is he the Dalai Lama?
0: No, they leave the knife in there. I that would, Babies that don't cut themselves to death.
1: I want to survive. train my baby to be the kind of partisan that like flashes coated lights to the offshore frigate or submarine or whatever. That seems a lot safer. So I'm going to put in one of those lamps that you can kind of open and close at night instead, uh-huh. instead of a knife. Uh-huh. Does that sound okay?
0: I'm going to put a speaking spell in there. So the baby, you know, learns like, Speak and spell
1: <laughs> that's kind of what we <laughs> do in our country that's that's our tradition,
0: so both these uh these dictatorial leaders who arguably were uh, were practicing a kind of enlightened socialism, which was atheist and uh pro woman pro the kind of socialist equality that was one of the selling points of socialism through this period. Uh, they maintained an independence from either NATO or the Warsaw Pact. But they're playing both sides. They're it's playing smart. both sides. They, uh, Tito was sort of the founder, he, he was the founder of the non-aligned movement of uh, the mid-20th century, where all these countries like Egypt, uh, you know, uh, found a place as a collective group of nations that weren't part of either sphere, uh, where they gained a certain amount of bargaining power by by uniting with
1: one another. I don't know if we've said this on the show before, but, uh, you know, the usage third world, which is still sometimes used for the developing world in our time, is a remnant of this time when those were the non-aligned nations. The first world was the West, the second world was the Warsaw Pact, and then you got miscellaneous. That's you right. Got, you got your junk drawer, sorry. MISC. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, Egypt
0: and uh, Argentina or whatever. Well, and when you think about one of the strangest features of that era was the period where Syria and Egypt two countries not connected at all by any any border or even by touching, I guess, Israel is the country that touches them both. Um, famously. They, they formed uh, a country called the Pan-Arabic... United, like united, united Arab, Arab Republic, Republic even right. though they're not united at all. No, and they weren't politically united except for like the three days that they agreed to be a single nation.
1: My theory is it's Alaska's fault. They looked at the map and were like... These guys are saying that, what, the U.S. and Alaska are a country and Canada's in between? Like, we can be a country. Let's do it. There's no reason countries have to be continuous.
0: In the same way that the United States and Alaska hate Canada with a passion and have (laughs) invaded it 15 times.
1: It would take take less than six days for us, I think,
0: to invade Canada. It would be like the five-day war. Well, somehow, Tito maintained a kind of openness as a result of his sort of uh, particular personality and the way he played both sides against the middle. Emotional availability? Is maybe that what you mean? Maybe. I think he was a lover, not a fighter. He was a guy you could really get to know. But Hosha sort of went a slightly different direction as a dictator. Um, he didn't get along after a while with the Soviets. He started to feel very paranoid about Yugoslavia because Tito and the, the Yugoslavs Felt that Albania belonged in their sphere of influence. We could be Hugo with you. And they didn't understand why Albania didn't want to join their big party. And they felt that all these regions, Kosovo and Montenegro, uh, around them, even though there were a lot of Albanians there, they belonged as part of greater Serbia or greater Yugoslavia. And
1: and Hosha's party line when Stalin died was that... uh, the Soviets had gone astray. Right, that, that was no longer pure Marxism-Leninism. He was, and only Hosha was keeping the fire alive of real worldwide revolution.
0: He was super bummed by Khrushchev, who I mean, we don't think of Khrushchev now as a liberal re- liberalizer, but Hoshi certainly thought he was, and so he began a period where he realigned with Mao. And the Chinese, and so we had a sort of Chinese-Albanian- That's weirder than the United Arab Republic, <laughs> super I think. Superblock, <laughs> and uh, that- you, you can
1: no longer travel through one country and get there. You gotta, I don't even know what the closest is. Russia, Bulgaria, no, no
0: Russia. You would, To go from U- US, Albania, you'd have to go through Greece, I think.
1: Yeah, I think you could go USSR, Bulgaria, Greece, no. You'd have to go through Romania. Yeah, that's, which touched-
0: USSR, U- Romania, Ukraine, Bulgaria. which is then USSR. yeah. But it would be an
1: awful long trip sure. to there's, get to China. There's probably not a lot of railroads that would do a lot of that trip.
0: Although, Hosha was a, a big proponent of building roads and railroads in Albania. Who knows, though, how how what the connections were like through Romania. I've taken some railroads in Romania, and um, they're left over
1: from that era. You're saying Ceausescu was... Plowing more money into his own monuments and palaces than he was into infrastructure.
0: Yeah, they were tying apples in trees at that point, or shortly thereafter. I hate those Potemkin orchards.
3: Have you always wanted to learn to play an instrument? Maybe you've even tried at some point, but gave up because you felt lessons were too expensive or that you just didn't have the time. Thankfully, there's Musician. Musician is the fun, easy, and affordable way to learn guitar, piano, bass, ukulele, and even singing. Just download the app to your desktop, tablet, or phone and start playing. Musician gives you 24-7 access to a vast catalog of video lessons from professionally trained educators as well as thousands of exercises and songs across dozens of music genres all tailored to your goals. And with Musician's award-winning technology that listens to you play, you'll get real-time feedback on timing and accuracy so you can actually see yourself improving as you learn. Start your extended 14-day free trial of Musician's Premium Plus Package at musician.com slash start that's unlimited access to thousands of lessons exercises and songs on as many instruments as you want for two whole weeks just go to musician.com slash start that's y-o-u-s-i-c-i-a-n dot com slash start
0: but so hosha started to become fairly paranoid where tito stayed open uh to the world because he was just trying to manage all the slavs that he had uh hosha's like elvis shooting at the tv a little <laughs> he's he's <laughs> he's sitting on the toilet shooting at the tv uh hosha you know and he and he had reason to feel that way right he uh, he felt encroached upon by the by the yugoslavs and also by the greeks who were a fascist country for much of that time and believed that the big portions of what were albanian cultural and historical places belonged to greece italy and the and western nations were Trading partners, but not, you know, but, but not entirely friends. And now the Russians were also a big threat to him or a big enemy.
1: I mean, I was kind of joking about the Kim Il-sung thing, but he does essentially become a kind of an isolated hermit kingdom guy in the middle of Europe.
0: He does, although not still, or I mean, unlike Kim Il-sung, not completely closed, but, but increasingly paranoid. And immigration is curtailed, and there are political repressions that begin. Now, he still is uh, practicing uh, internal liberalization, education, free medical care, uh, universal rights. It's not some crazy personality called autocracy? Well, it is. But it's also, you know, he also recognizes that he's keeping alive the socialist revolution of Marx and Lenin, and... He's an intellectual. He's very ideological. In addition to governing, he also is writing like treatises. I mean, he's writing like graduate student papers. That must Uh, be depressing to him if
1: like, if he's the fire of like global socialist revolution and really the only place where it's pure is Albania. I mean, at that point you kind of have to say, you know what? It, if, if Albania is all we got, it has not worked out for the the global workers' revolution.
0: Well, the thing about the wonderful thing about the global workers' revolution is that, like liberalism in the United States, it can be whatever you say it is. And <laughs> so, every single nation uh, that was practicing socialism during this period believed that they were practicing the the sort of most refined version. And they would have big uh, big meetings of all the socialist countries. The common turn where they would all get together in, in a big room and all you know, bang their shoes on the table and flags flying all over the place, sort of arguing about who was part of the movement, what their, what their version of the movement was. It almost sounds like a literary movement or whatever, yeah. where, or artists, modern art, where everyone's like, I'm the only one actually doing constructivism. Yeah. And, and, and truly, it was that. Um, as Albania grew more and more sort of isolated, and Hosha grew more and more paranoid, he began a curious policy, which is that Hosha conceived of a civil defense project, which was to build bunkers throughout the country, but not really bunkers just protecting the border or the coast, because he envisioned an invasion of Albania that would come from everywhere, including from the air, mm-hmm. he instituted a plan where bunkers would be built everywhere. I guess, I guess that solves your problem. You're never more than,
1: it's like a Starbucks. You're never more than a few blocks from your nearest bunker.
0: Well, in fact, it was, there were even more bunkers than that. You didn't have to go, um, you didn't even have to really, in many cases, go more than outside the door of your apartment building there were, uh, at a certain point, almost six bunkers per square kilometer. Uh, they, were, they were in the city streets. They, were, they dotted the countryside. They were on the beaches. They were in the hills, everywhere. And the premise was that in the event of an invasion of Albania, you would, I mean, every citizen would become a partisan because that's where his worldview comes from, Right, fighting off Nazis in the hills with his shepherd's crook. Right, and this was, I guess, probably when he was up there hiding under a rock, shooting like a, some old Mauser. I wish I had some <laughs> cool concrete bunker. Yeah, wouldn't it be better if there was a bunker here? And the bunkers were domed because he'd seen firsthand that a dome basically reflects bullets and shells uh, they ricochet off of a dome. And so the bunkers were designed, there were a few different designs, small and large. Small bunkers only fit two people. Large bunkers actually be, were kind of big enough to be a command center.
1: It seems like it's going to, yeah, it's going to be hard to organize this revolution if like there's, there
0: really is one of these for every three or four Albanians. Well, for a large portion of this period, the larger bunkers, which were sort of central bunkers, were actually manned 24 hours by Albanian military. The idea being that in the event of an invasion, you would just run down and jump in your nearest bunker and start defending your country. I guess that sounds
1: crazy, but uh, plenty of Americans had that in the 50, in the sixties. We
0: were worried about surviving a nuclear explosion, right? But people were building out, digging into their backyards. Well, they are now. I mean, there's a whole cult of people that are bunkerizing their homes to defend against, I guess, zombie invasions, which is a which is a code word for when brown people come into your Montana neighborhood. This is your position that all zombie movies are a metaphor for uh, white nationalism. I mean, it's hard to imagine who the zombies are supposed to be.
1: They are, they they do eat organ meat, which is often a, a kind of a racial thing said about whoever your enemy, your racial enemy is.
0: Right. If you go into a supermarket in a, in a strange neighborhood, the first thing you wonder is why are they, why they're eating chicken feet. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, I hate to say that zombie movies are a metaphor for uh, race war, because I know I'm going to get letters from that. But, it, but there are quite a few parallels. Um, the idea that you would stock up armaments and ammunition in and your
1: basement. Like, maybe I should not be going down this path, but the fact that they are kind of a, a slow shuffling enemy kind of ties into a lot of um, white racist uh, lore. Yeah, I'm kind of convinced, actually. Yeah. I'm going to stop watching zombie movies. Sorry
0: to do that to everyone. I know it's kind of a bummer. Um, But unfortunately, Hosha went a little far. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> like this was cool when he was just building hundreds of thousands of dome bunkers. But I mean, then he, he really went around the bed
0: when he when he was building. Like let's say let's
1: say Albania. What, what, what's the correct number of little domed bunkers for a country? Alba- the size of Massachusetts to
0: have? Yeah, Albania is not a, a big place. Let's say it's a thousand bunkers. Um, yeah, throughout the entire country. That's what I would want. But he built one hundred and seventy-three thousand bunkers throughout the country. So much so that they are. Maybe the thing that you identify with Albania most closely, once you realize they're there. The bunkers are everywhere. And so much energy and money was spent building the bunkers that it started to take away from road construction, school construction. It became a major drain on the Albanian economy. Well, sure, think of all the concrete and steel it would take. And they were were prefabricated. They came in parts. And you would just dig a hole and plant the walls of this bunker and the floor and then put the dome on top. You'd go to the the Ikea in Tirana and Uh they would have... And they were called smorg. They would have flat pack bunkers. (laughs) You'd say like, give me 500 smorgs, take them out and stick them in the ground everywhere. 500 smorgs and one Allen wrench and you're good to go. Uh, And so Hosha's bunker building campaign lasted really until the end of his reign. Uh, Which was when? Well, Tito died in 1980 Hosha outlived him by five years. Yeah. Um, And Albania, uh, throughout much of my young life, was widely regarded as the poorest country in Europe. And that was partly because uh, over time, the industrialization of Albania slowed. His paranoia also limited the number of markets that Albanian goods and services had to. Pretty much uh, just China. Had to coordinate with well, then he fell out with Mao oh. um, after the uh, Maoism fell out of fashion even in China, he decided that that Maoism was no longer a viable form of co- communism, and actually there was a form of communism known as Hoshianism <laughs> uh, that was adopted by other nations um, he was such a philosopher of communism that he became a kind of leader of non-allied
1: Marxist-Leninism. So if you're in a Marxist movement in Tunisia or something, you might be a A, a Hoshin,
0: yeah. So Albania did not continue on the path that initially seemed so promising. Um, they declared themselves the first truly atheist country in Europe uh, in the late 60s. What did the Muslims think about that? Uh, well, that's the thing. I mean, he believed that the the religious strife between the Latin Christians and the Muslims uh, was a big part of the problem of the Balkans. And it turned out he was right because the, uh, the wars that followed the dissolution of Yugoslavia were largely religiously motivated, uh, religiously and culturally motivated. But so at the end of his, I mean, he died in 85 and the the Eastern Wall fell in 91, 89 to 91. I'm glad he didn't live to see that. Yeah, that would have been pretty depressing, although things were getting pretty depressing by the end, even by the end of his life. Do you
1: think he was one of these personal luxury guys like the Kims who you know, just had yachts full of caviar and Hennessy? No,
0: he did not seem to be uh, someone who was particularly skimming off the pot. He was... Um, he still believed fervently in the socialist, socialist revolution until the end, uh, but he was also against Western bourgeois decadence. So am I, and I'm, you know, I'm not an Albanian puppet. I know, you, well, uh, you live such, a, such an austere life. You are against degenerate importations uh, such as long hair, extravagant dress, screaming jungle music, coarse language, shameless behavior, and so on as Hosha uh, declared coarse jungle music. Wow! <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. Wait, he's,
1: so he's the non-aligned guy, beloved in Africa, but he's like whipping out old-timey racism to justify his um his uh, banning thriller.
0: Well, he doesn't like screaming jungle music, but also coarse language, mm. and so it does. I'm starting to see some parallels. Between when, when I sit Kate. in my
1: empty room on a footstool reading Thomas Merton, <laughs> I uh, I agree with 100 percent of this actually.
0: Anyway at the at the fall of the uh, of the wall Albania was the poorest and you know I think the word then was uh, the most backward country of Europe and people had continued to practice Islam during this this long reign at one point during the 60s they would serve in Albanian schools they would serve on Ramadan or on Lent they would intentionally serve forbidden foods in the schools. And if you didn't eat the food, you would be denounced as a heretic, like pulled out and you're still practicing your religion. Damn it. Wow. Oh, she was making Muslims eat bacon at school. Yep. 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 So we do
1: know one thing about Albanian pizza. It does have pepperoni, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, and they'd serve beef during Lent. I mean, there was a lot of, or on Fridays, I guess yeah that, that seems right. beef drink
1: beef on fridays it's It's more of a tradition than a dogma, I think, but it's where the of fish comes from. Did you know that? McDonald's introduced a fish sandwich because sales were down in Catholic areas on Fridays, and all their Boston franchise owners were like,
0: We need a fish sandwich oh <laughs> well, good that was that was smart of them the of fish so it, after the immediate dissolution of Albania, there was one last unfortunate story, which was that during the early 90s, the new government of Albania encouraged people in the country to invest their money in Ponzi schemes, <laughs> which were endorsed by the government. People who... Uh, they didn't put it that way, right? They weren't like, please invest in these Ponzi schemes. No, they they really believed, the government believed that, well, they believed in Ponzi schemes. They They saw these promises of large returns and they had no... Did some other bigger country talk them into it? Like, you need
1: to be your own boss, Albania. I want you to come aboard my business plan.
0: A lot of them uh, start were homegrown. I mean, these weren't just Nigerian phishing emails. Um, and because people there didn't have any experience with capitalism, they were taken in by promises of huge returns. I mean, people fall for essential
1: oil scams in... Uh you know Idaho and Utah like they did but
0: it's this was a, this was a national uh, like the entire nation sort of fell for it people That happens in Idaho and Utah as well. Well I know that's why the Idaho state. Uh, Idaho right now is a vassal state of Washington. <laughs> uh they're so in debt to us. But um people were were taking their newly privatized property and selling their homes uh in order to get to get in on get the ground cash floor and of get in on these ponzi schemes albina and in 1987 all of these ponzi firms all collapsed at once and the entire nation was bankrupt and it precipitated like uh, like a revolution in the country basically as people said wait a minute where's where's my money maybe i didn't make all this other money but where i want my money back it was another example of them not fully understanding capitalism and, uh, and the Kosovo War was also a war sort of, uh, it, still, it, was an, it was another instance of the Serbs feeling like this majority Albanian area needed to be assimilated and the Albanian local residents wanting to not unite with Albania, just as Monrovians didn't want to reunite with Romanians, uh, but they did want, you know, independence.
1: If I'm ever a dictator of a Marxist state, even if we're practicing pretty pure socialism, I think I would make people play Monopoly or something just so they have like just so they understand capitalism. Yeah, but that's just as bad as that decadent long-haired screaming jungle music. But you you they need to have it like like it's like a bunker for them. If something goes wrong, I want them to understand not to put their money into some shady quasi
0: governmental scheme. Well people that pra- practice Jenningsism will will have that as one of their one of their doctrines.
1: But did the did the bunkers survive so the bunkers, for all of
0: this? The bunkers did survive. They're very difficult to eradicate. That's kind of the point of a bunker. Yeah. They're essentially like some kind of overall wart infestation in the country.
1: I understand that Hosha wanted them to be tank resistant and so he actually stood inside one and had a, had you know, a tank roll had a tank over, roll over, it. over I mean, it. And sure enough I think I might've sent my, my vice,
0: Hosha, but. <laughs> uh, the bigger bunkers now are being turned into housing because there's always been a chronic housing shortage in Albania, partly as a result of spending all this money and effort building bunkers. Uh, it took away a lot of money from apartment building efforts and ho- housing construction. I would just turn them all into Wi-Fi hotspots. Well, the big, ones, the big ones are actually big enough for a family to live in. The small ones could be Wi-Fi hotspots, except on, I think now they all have standing water in them and smell like urine. Um, so they, That's true of a lot of Wi-Fi hotspots in Manhattan. Well, it's true of every single highway underpass in Washington State. But, yeah, they're saying it would
1: cost 800 euros a piece to get rid of them. And obviously if there's hundreds of thousands of them, that adds up pretty fast. That it sure does. Albania no country would be able to just write a check for that.
0: But it's really ridiculous like they are in the middle of all these agricultural areas where you have to your tractor has to kind of plow around them and they're in the cities. I mean, if you if you visit Albania, they are an inescapable feature of the of the landscape both rural and metropolitan.
1: Did you uh, did you see the story about the ones on the beaches? I guess in Albania in the summer um, one sad thing that happens is that tidal currents form around the beach bunkers at high tide and they create these, uh, treacherous riptides and whirlpools that will pull people under oh my goodness. in 2008 alone, five people died in bunker related, uh, maelstroms, which is probably more lives than were ever saved by the actual bunkers when they were in service.
0: I think the number of uh, lives that were saved was uh, exactly zero.
1: So we're now at a net negative. Thanks so much. Hosha. <laughs> and that concludes Albanian Bunkers Entry 029.RV0615 Certificate number 46673 In the Omnibus Future links, we certainly hope that Social media to you is like Albanian Bunkers Just an empty shell dotting the countryside used by no one
0: Just a, a bunch of genital
1: warts that you have That there's It's very expensive to eradicate. They just keep coming back like genital warts, I hear. Uh, (laughs) Social media does continue to keep coming back, like no matter how we try to eradicate it. In our day, John and I made sure we were icons of it. We made sure that at Omnibus Project uh, flew its banner on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's right. MySpace, all the big
0: ones. As more and more people say, I'm quitting Facebook, we say... Not us. We say more land for the rest of us. That's That's like the
1: Ottomans getting pushed out of the Balkans.
0: Well, we're not going to abandon it. We're going to, we're going to change it from the inside. We're the partisans of Facebook. We're
1: up there in the hills waiting for it to get good again with our sniper rifles and a, and a herd of goats. Uh, John was at John Roderick, three syllables. Mm -hmm. If you type in John Roderick without the E, it's a two syllable, pornographic parody that I, (laughs) that I maintain. John Roderick. Yeah, the two syllable one is me, and Mm -hmm. it's just me like doing a parody of you like, I've got a lot of weird stuff in my house. Boy, that's a great parody. It's hilarious. I drive an old uh, Chevy Suburban, but it's it's conked out again. It's a
0: GMC Suburban thing.
1: Uh, Oh, I am at Ken Jennings on Twitter. Or Ken Jennings. Yes, if you do it with too many ends, you get John's parody of my Twitter. How Uh, how, how does that go? Oh,
0: I'm Ken. I'm so funny. (laughs) Oh, I hate Trump. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs)
1: Wait, that's, that's my actual Twitter. <laughs> no one's going to be able to tell them apart. Uh, you uh, Speaking of Facebook, we made sure that our partisans, the futurelings, had a space to, to live and grow free of uh, uh, the tyranny of, I don't know, who's tyrannizing them? Mark Zuckerberg. Us? <laughs> it's often free from our tyranny <laughs> until we just drop in to like snipe at people in the comments. Uh, We also, uh, you can email us. Yep. You can email us for sure. That's important. At omnibusproject at howstuffworks.com. If you wanted to send us something non-digital, something tactile, if you wanted to imagine John running his fingers through the fabric you were going to send him, uh, you would send that to Project P.O. Box 55744, Shoreline, Washington, 98155.
0: Listeners, from our vantage point, deep within our own homemade bunker, located not just at a secret location, but also in your distant past.
1: It's a little tiny Albanian-sized one. It's very cozy in here.
0: Only, it only can fit two people, and it uh, has some standing water in it and it smells like urine.
1: And It's fine for my Spartan tastes, but you're like, where am I going to put all my globes and guitar picks and pornographic French postcards?
0: I have a a separate bunker for those, (laughs) because there's one just right over there. And it's all
1: magnets with
0: boobs. (laughs) Uh, We have no idea how long our civilization survived before the inevitable zombie slash race war, Uh, but we hope and pray that the catastrophe we fear may never come. But if worst comes soon this recording like all our recordings may be our final word but if providence allows we hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the omnibus